Welcome everyone to the Wave Torah Dafyomi Shur. Today's Shur, welcome, Mark. Today's Shur is Daf Lamed Aleph. We will begin, however, on Daf Lamed Amurbet, towards the bottom of the page, three lines in the bottom, two lines in the bottom. Amalea Bayel Rabbi Yosef. Now, if you remember, there was a machloket between uh, Rabbi Huda. Not Rabbi Yehuda. Rab, according to Rabbi Yehuda, sorry, yes, Rabbi Yehuda, whether, why a person dips in the mikveh before you start the avodah. According to one rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda, he says the reason why we make you dip in the mikveh is because we want to jog his memory. We want to incite his memory so he'll remember. Once he dips in the mikveh, he'll think about Tumah and he'll say, oh, yes. I remember that I got Tamer fired, and he'll uh, hold back from doing the Avodah that day if he was Tzu. And according to the other Tana, we had said, Ben Zoma. Ben Zoma, he had said the reason why we dip, welcome Benjamin, is because we are actually worried that maybe there's actual Tumah over there. He had learned it from a Kabachomer, and therefore it was actual, we, we have to, it was actual Halakha that you had to dip. So the Gemara is asking now, assuming we go like Rav Yehuda, that the whole thing is really a takanat chachamim to help the Kohen remember any uh, Tumah that he did. Which means, let's say you have a Kohen Gadol who this time went to the Mikveh and he was wearing a very tight rubber band around his hand. In general, when you, let's say he's got a rubber band that says, no Lashon Hara, or something like that, one of those rubber bands, right? And he's wearing it on his leg, it's tight around his leg, it's not loose, it's tight. So normally, just like a lady can't go to the mikveh with something on her body, so to the Kohen Gadol, if he needs to go to the mikveh, according to Ben Zoma, who says he needs to go to the mikveh, it's halacha. So of course, he'll have to go back and do it again. But our question now is, about according to Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda is of the opinion that the whole idea of the Tevilah is just to get the guy's memory going. So do we say, hey, if he has the thing, it's no good. Or do we say, wait, the whole idea was to remember to, to help his memory. What's the difference to his memory, whether he has the Chazitah on him or not? He should be good anyway. Don't make him go again. No, In other words, if, let me finish. In other words, if the Kohen Gadol is dipping for, for Halakha, of course it's no good. But if he's dipping to help his memory, so how does it hurt his memory, the fact that he has a rubber band stuck to his leg very tight and the water can't get in? Who cares? Because now when he's going to the mikveh and he's going to dip, the only reason he's continuing to dip is because he he thinks that there might be something. That's how he's going to remember. But if he's going to be pasul, it's not going to work all together. No, no, he did it already. He did it already. Here's a kohen. He went to the mikveh. Again, he doesn't need a mikveh. He went last night. He doesn't need a mikveh, according to Rabbi Huda. He doesn't need a mikveh. He's just dipping because we, we want him to think about Tumah. And when he thinks, he'll remember. Now, he doesn't realize he had this thing on. He forgot that he put this thing on his leg. And he went to the mikveh. He comes out. And the Kohen looked at him and says, oh, no, Mr. Kohen goes, oh, you, you, you got this rubber band on you. Oh, man, do I have to go back now? And the answer would seem to be maybe, maybe yes, because you have to. Or maybe no, in this case, because Rabbi Yudah would say, listen, what? 
Did you think about it? Yes, I thought about it. Okay, chalas. You thought about it. You didn't have any tomorrow. Let's go. Yalla. Right? Amar So chotzetz or in chotzetz. That's the question on the top of Lamed Aleph, Amud Aleph. So it's going to Amar So if Yosef answered him, Abaye asked him the question, Kol detikin rabanan ke'en dooraita tikun. Whenever the Chachamim make a takana, that someone has to do something, they do it like the Deoraita. If there's a Deoraita involved, we do it like a Deoraita. And therefore, just like if you have a Deoraita dipping, and you have a Chatzitza, it's no good. So too, when the Rabbanam would take in this thing for the Kohen for Gadol, the, even though it's only to jog his memory, still, still in all, once they made the Tekana, they only allow it if it's kosher, and therefore, no, you will have to go back if you have that rubber band on you, because even that's the, even according to the view, that, because that's the way the rabbis make it. When they make it, they make it like a donut. Okay, I'm a Yosef. Abaye asked Rabbi Yosef a second question: Biat b'miksat sheme bia olo, which means, let's say, a person is going into the Beit Mikdash, but not with his full body. Does he also, and he knows that he's, he knows that he was tahor before. And he's sticking his hand in, or his leg in. So part of his body is going to Beit Mikdash. Will we also say, wait, before you do that, you have to go to Mikveh again? Just like we said, that you have to, when you go fully in? Or do we say, no, that's only partial, and partial is different. That's the question there. Didn't we say for the Kohanim, that they go, even though... Oh, the, yeah. that was the Mitzorim. Yeah, so, okay, so they start doing the Mikveh, why, why okay. should he do it? so he told him, You could prove it from the thumbs, like we said, from the thumbs of the Mitzorah that we spoke about yesterday. Right? They only come in a little bit, because the guy, the, the actual Mitzorah stays outside, and he sticks his thumb and his big toe inside. Vitanya, we learned, Mitzorah tovel, the Omer B'Shani Kanon, it says the Mitzorah first goes to Mikveh, and then he goes to Shani Kanon, so we see that even B'Yad Mikzorah is good. Like you, like you said, yes, you called that one Musi. Okay. Ibai Lahu. We have another question. Ma'ush Yaseh Sakin Arucha V'Yishchot. Here's another question about whether you have to go to the Mikveh. Let's say you have a fellow who wants to get out of going to the mikveh, for whatever reason, he doesn't like mikvehs. He's scared of. The, he's scared. He doesn't know how to swim. I don't know what. He doesn't know how to swim. But he wants the shechta. He wants the shechta korban. Can he do the following? Get a very very long knife. Leave the animal inside. And shech the animal while standing outside the bet mikdash. Someone else will hold the animal and hold down the animal. Any way you need other people to hold the animal. It's not like one person could hold the animal and shecht it. Right? Tie the animal. Someone else bring it inside. You want to shecht your carbon. You don't want to go to the fair because let's say you're scared of the water or whatever it is. No problem. We'll figure it out. That sounds really Do we say that the same way when you stuck your thumb in, we told you, oh, that's not good. But here, it's not your thumb. It's... Blade. It's a blade. Or do we say no... Is worse. Okay, maybe this is worse because on the other hand, well, we'll see. Let's see some. Hey, over think, there, you're not doing anything. Here, you're doing something. Yeah. And maybe you have it's to, worse. You have to be tahor to actually do shikhtan then. Yeah, so let's see how. Yeah. Well, I am tahor. I just don't want to go to the extra thing for going to the going to the bet mikdash. Yeah. 
So how's he tahor if he never went to the mikveh? He well, he went a while ago. He just tries to go as little as possible. Oh. I made up. I made up that story. The guy doesn't want to go to the mikveh. That's just you can't ask questions on my made up stories. You have to get used to this. Muslim. Okay, Tibailan. Tibailan ben Zoa. So let's say the mikveh has a hole in it. He went before. Now the mikveh has a hole in it. Okay, is that better for you? Good. Tibailan ben Zoma. We can ask that question according to Benzoma. The question fits according to Benzoma that everyone has to go in Midoraita. And you can ask the question according to Rabbanan who are going to be there, which means the following. Let's explain. You can ask the question according to Benzoma who says that you always have to do it because you can say the following. Benzema only obligates everyone to go to the mikveh if you're going fully in. But if you're standing outside, maybe it doesn't require you. So the question is, do you have to? Or Dilma Or maybe Benzema will say that we have a special gazera over here because maybe the guy get will since he's slaughtering from outside, he might get pulled in a little bit because he's doing something inside. He might follow his hand, and therefore we will make a dip. That would be a question according to Benzema. Another thing is, There's another question about this long knife case. <coughs> according to the Rabbanan, who are going to be Yudah. Remember, we read that before, right? When did the Rabbanan, who are going to be Yudah, say that you don't need to do, you don't have to go to the Mikveh automatically if you went the night before, right? That was the Rabbanan who are going to be Yudah. Yudah says you always have to go. And Rabbanan said, you don't always have to go. When did they say you don't always have to go? That's when you're not doing an avodah. If you're just standing outside, that's when you don't have to go. Avahacha, but here. Right, because the Rabbanan is talking about a case where the, the Rabbanan and are arguing, remember, about the Mitzorah case. Okay? Mitzorah case, what's the Mitzorah doing over there, Mark? He's just sticking in his fingers. He's not doing an avodah. Maybe that's why the Rabbanan allow him to not dip in the mikveh. Because he's just thinking, he's not doing anything there. But maybe our fellow, who's Mr. Long Knife, who's uh, scared of the water, right? Maybe this our fellow is worse. The Rabbanan will make him here because he's doing something in the Beit Hamikdash, right? Maybe it's the same thing. No, because uh, fingers slaughtering all the same. Maybe they'll say the same thing. You're still good. Why says Tiku on both of them? Tiku on this question, we don't have an answer. The guy sticks his finger, the Kohen sticks his finger in the Tamarish. You had to go do Mikhma, I didn't get that. There was a Machlok in the yesterday. Okay. Okay. Nothing important. Okay. Says the Gemara says the further. We're quoting the Mishnah. Okay. We learned in a brighter. There were five dippings of the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur. And there were ten of Mekadesh, your hands and feet, on that day. The Kulan, all of them, Bakodesh, are in the Kodesh. On the place called Parve. Except for the first one, which was in the regular area. Okay, in the hall. 
And it was al gabe shar hamayin on top of the shar hamayin. Ubetzad l'shkator on the side of where the Kohen Gadol chamber was in the l'shkar paladrin. Now, Amar Abaye Abaye says, Shema Mineh we see from here. En itim gavoa mikarka azara esim v'shalosh amot. Okay. We're telling you that the spring of Itim must have been higher than the floor of the Azara, 23 Amot. Okay, now let me explain to you what's going on over here. In order for the Kohen to dip, Kohen Gadot to dip, he has to dip in a kosher mikvah. Understand that the water in that mikvah has to get there somehow. The way it got there was not by rainwater. Because if it didn't rain, you could be in trouble. They got it there by a spring. Because you can't bring it there in buckets. Because if you bring the water there in buckets, then it's pasul because it's mayim she'uvim. So the way they got the water to the mikveh had to be by having a spring and having from the spring a canal that pushes the water, into the, 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 roll, the water rolls down into the mikveh. That's how they would have a mikveh over there. Now, the problem with that is, is that water has a habit. Well, here's Ivan. Ivan, you have some time with us? Yes. Okay, wonderful. You just got in time for the architect, architecture lecture. Okay? So the Kohen Gadol is, the Kohen Gadol has to dip in this place on top. It's, in, it's, it's on the second floor of the Beit HaMikdash. Either on top of the Shanamayim or... Uh, or, or in, in the Kodesh. The water in that mikveh has to come from a spring. It can't be cu- come in buckets like we said. Now, being that it can't come in buckets, because a mikveh is not kosher if it come in, comes in buckets, you have to have a spring that is higher than the mikveh. In order for it to roll down into the mikveh, water rolls down, it doesn't roll up. And therefore, there's got to be a canal. Halabayit itself is a har. Place in the world. Not the highest place in the world, but the one, it's a higher itself. And the water has to come from a spring. You have to build a canal from a spring that's higher than the mikveh. Now, the mikveh itself is on the second floor of the Bet HaMikdash. And therefore, it's higher than the ground of the Bet HaMikdash for sure. Now, we have to figure out how high is the mikveh off the ground of the Bet HaMikdash. And we'll figure out that the spring has got to be higher than that. Are we clear? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the Gemara is presuming, now that you know that it's on top, we're assuming that the karka of the Beit HaMikdash is flat. Okay? And it's the same height all over. With that presumption, the rabbi makes the following observation. That the spring, where the water is coming from, has to be 23 amot taller than the karka of the Beit HaMikdash. Mm-hmm. 23. Now watch how he figures out how tall it is. Okay? Let's read it inside. Says the Gemara. You with this, uh, Ivan, or not really? Where? Uh, we're at Amr Abaye. It's seven lines on the bottom of Lamed Aleph Amud Aleph. Okay? Amr Abaye. Shema Mineh, we see from here. Ayin etim, the spring of etim, gavoa mikarka azara esim v'shlosh amot. It's twenty-three amot above the karka of the of the mishnah of the of the bet hamikdash. It's not because we learned in the mishnah. 
כל הפתחים שהיו שם גבוהים עשרה אמה ולכל עשר אמות. Do you remember, if you remember, שמשון, you remember, that every one of the שערים, there are שער gates, we spoke about, Ivan, you remember this also, we spoke about the cornerstone, right? The keystone yes. states, yes. right? Yep. And the, every one of the gates has a height of 20 אמות. Now, if the gates have a height of 20 אמות, that means that the second floor doesn't start till after 20 אמות, right? You don't put a floor below the gate. Otherwise, the, you can't see 20 אמות into a, a, a gateway if you have a, the floor of a building, uh, the, 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 the ground floor of the second floor visible through it, right? Yeah. Obviously not. So we're assuming that nothing could start before 20 אמות. Now, how do you get 23? Where's 3 from? Right? except for the one of the ulam, which is even taller. Okay? So it's got to start at least 20 amot. V'tanya we learned, It says he has to wash himself in water, in the water of a mikveh. Kol besaro. It says, since it says, Kol besaro b'mayim, you have to wash your whole, your whole body in water. Mayim shkol g'volemim. That means that, the, that you need water that your whole body can fit in. How much is it? Chazal figure out the way you can get 40 sa'ah, which is the amount of water. Chazal figured out that 40 sa'ah is the amount of water you need to cover, a normal person needs to cover his whole body. And that amount is one ama by three amot. A mikveh of one ama square by three amot tall. Right? And therefore, and therefore, it's got to be at least three amot tall. So you have 20 amot for the size of the gate, plus three amot for the mikveh. It's got to be, that means the, the spring that's giving the water in there has to be able to get the water to a height of 23 amot, which will only happen if it's above 23 amot above the thing. So N-E-Team, which is where it's coming from, it's got to be at least 23 amot above the karka of the mishkan. Is that clear? Great. The rabbis forgot it. it's going to be 40 sa'ah. That's how big it has to be. Moses says, In order to make a ceiling, you have to make an ama-thick ceiling. And you need an ama-thick floor of the mikvah. You need a roof for underneath it. And you need a floor for the mikvah. So why are you saying 23? You should have said 25. Why are you saying anything is only 23? It's got to be 25. It says, Since they're made out of marble and not concrete, the marble is a stronger structural material, and therefore they're able to make it thinner then a full ama, which would have been required for concrete. Says the Gemara, Va'ika haich mashu, not concrete, cement. Va'ika haich mashu, even though it's not as thick as we thought, it's still a little bit. Why do you say 23? It should be 23 and a half, or whatever. Gemara says, Keva dolo have amta, lo chashiv lehum. Abaye, when he said 23, he's counting 23 whole amot. Since this marble equals up to not even a full ama, he discounted and didn't mention it. You're right, it has to be there, but he's not mentioning because he's only mentioning whole amot. Is that clear? 
Why did they make the mikvah on the second floor? I don't know. I don't know yet. Maybe we'll figure it out as we go through Yuma. This is a mistake I haven't done before, so I don't have a lot of information that I'm getting as I go along. Okay? We'll see if we find out the answers. Okay? Binyamin keeps track of all the information in his head and he keeps throwing my questions at you. Says the Gemara, Mishnah says, Parasu Sadin Shilbuts, they spread out a linen sheet between him and the people when he was going to dip in the mikveh. Says the Gemara, Shilbuts, why does it have to be linen? The, the, the guy just needs privacy. The Kohen Gadol just needs privacy. What's the idea that it has to be Dafkesh linen? Kidam Rav Kahana answers the Gemara, the reason why it has to be linen is like Rav Kahana says. This is something that, that always, I always thought about before I learned this Gemara, because on Yom Kippur, during Musaf, there's the Seder Avodah, and we go through the whole thing that, that, that the Kohen Gadol does, and if you read through it, you'll see, Parsulo Sadin Shilbuts, a thousand times they say, it's always a, a linen thing, a linen thing, and they keep repeating that it's linen. What's the idea of the linen? So, Rav Khan is explaining, we want the Kohen Gadol to realize that the main point of the day is that he has to do, use linen garments. Okay? Why? Because the, the, the regular avodah of that day, the Kohen Gadol does in his Kohen Gadol garments. Okay? But the, the avodah that he does that's special for Kippur has to be in regular linen garments of a regular the Kohen. White ones, yeah. The white ones, exactly. And therefore, since... And by the way, in all, all the times he's dipping is because whenever he changes garment, he ends up have, having to dip. And he has to change garments many times because he switches from doing the avodah that's, that's Yom Kippur only to going back to the, to the Korban Tamim. He's switching a bunch of times. And therefore, since we have to know avodah Yom Bikdeh Boots, so therefore, hachanami she'akir she'avodah Yom Bikdeh Boots. Here too, we, the reason why over here beforehand, we also want everyone to realize that it's, oh, the main thing is big day boots. Okay. Now, Rav Kahana, there's a Toswat that's explaining why Rav Kahana specifically spoke about one, one boots thing and not the other boots thing. But it's not that subject now. Let's go to the Mishnah. Says the Mishnah. We're continuing what happens with the, with the Avodah Yom Kippur. Pashat Yarad V'taval. Before, this, this, as soon as the Quran starts in the morning. Pashat takes off his clothes. Yarad, he goes down to the Mikveh. V'taval, and he dips. Allah, he comes up. V'nistapak, and he dries himself. Hevi'olo Begdeh Zahav V'lavash. They bring him the golden clothes, which is the regular eight garments of the Quran Gadol. V'lavash, and he puts them on. V'kidesh Yadav V'laglav, and he washes hands and feet. Hevi'olo Tamid. Now, the first thing he does is the Korban Tamid, which you do every single morning, Musi, okay? Korban Tamid is a morning, every morning thing. Now, this is an interesting thing. He is only, normally, Shechita is done by one person, okay? In this situation, we make the Shechita, beginning of the Shechita, is done by the Kohen Gadol. The end of the Shechita, is done by another Kohen in the Shalichut of the Kohen Gadol. Now you, which means they're switching. I don't. I'm assuming he's handing the knife over. So as they're cutting the neck of this animal, part of the neck is cut by the Kohen Gadol, 
and the rest is finished by somebody else. And that's it. Has it. to be like one swift cut, huh? I know. I'm with you. I don't know how that gets accomplished. Maybe now, he does the full cut, and then afterwards, like, he finishes. Now he can't. Now the reason why we get someone else to finish it is two reasons. Number one, this day the shechita has to be done by the kohen gadol. Everything. And therefore, he has to start it. The end, he gives to his shliach to finish it. But he also has to do Kabbalah. If the Kabbalah Tadam is done by anyone besides the Kohen Gadol, it's not kosher today. On a regular day, no problem. On Yom Kippur, it has to be Kohen Gadol. And you can't, you can't do both. Why not? I don't know. I don't know why you can't use one hand. Maybe you have to do it with your right hand. I don't know. And you're using your right hand for Shekita. I don't know. It seems like he can't do both. And therefore, we have to... He start. So, so, Kartsu means he starts it. Umerik acher, shechita yedor. And the other guy finishes the shechita. Kibel dam v'zadku. So he accepts the blood into the thing and he sprinkles on the mezbeach. Then, nechnas laktir ketot shashahar. He goes into the Kodesh to do the ketoret of every morning because every single morning you always have ketoret. So that morning, again, he's doing that in his eight garments because it's a regular morning thing. And he also gets the, the nerot ready. And he does the rosh, and then the rest of the evanim of the korban tamid, he puts them on the mezbech, all himself. There's no raffle today, there's no people going up, it's all the kohen gadol. The chavitin is a special korban that has to go every day from the kohen gadol only. It's, a, a, it's 12, 12 loaves, I believe, and it has to be baked and then fried, and it has to be offered on the mezbech, by the Kohen Gadol every day. He brings that also. That's also a regular day thing. It's not a special Yom Kippur thing. So again, he's still in his regular clothes. Veta Yain and the Yain that comes with the Kohen Tamid. Good. I'm sorry? Yeah. Ketorot Shashahar. The Ketorot of the morning. Haita Kereva Ben Dam Le'evarim. The Ketorot Shashahar was done between the blood and the Evarim. So in between the sprinkling of the blood and the Evarim, they do the Ketor of the morning. Shebanamai, the Ketor of the afternoon, Evarim is not between the blood and the Evarim, but rather between the, blo- the Evarim and the wine pouring. Okay? That's a separate side thing, the fact that we're throwing that in. We got, we got off of the subject of what the order is to tell you why the Ketor is specifically here and not like it is in the afternoon. Yeah. Okay. Now, Let's say the Kohen Gadol was an old man, and he couldn't handle the cold. Or Istanis, or he's a, a delicate guy. This water is an unheated mikveh. And if the Kohen Gadol is old or Istanis, they would heat the mikveh by putting hot water into the mikveh. Well, they're not heating the water. The water must have been warm from beforehand. Okay? Well, I'm saying, but the, the spade, they say it was like an exact 40-cent like, type of thing. Now, Rashi says, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says that they're pouring the water into the place of his tevila. I don't know if it's going into the water or it's just getting steam in the room. I'm not sure what they're doing with it. Could be they're just steaming up the room, so this way you're coming out like that. 
or maybe they're actually pouring it in. Oh, it's not so hot. They're just pouring it into it less cold. What, what's exactly his studies? It just means he's a finicky guy. Okay, if he's a, if he's a big guy, yeah, I can handle it. I'm going to go in that Rizal's mikveh. This is this is if if people could go in for that Rizal's mikveh, Rochi, this is Kohen Gadol Yom Kippur. I think you can make it in. But if the guy is not the type, he can't do it. It's okay, so we'll do this. Or the guy is 97, he's not, not able to do it. Okay. Says the Gemara, you with us? Amru Rabbanan commanded a Papa. The rabbi said the following thing in front of her papa. Ha, the law could be made. Our Mishnah, which sounded like, our Mishnah sounds like there's one dipping before you start to think, right? Sorry. The, 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 the dipping, I'm sorry. The dipping for the first one. We're talking now about the first dipping, the pre-dipping before he starts the whole thing, okay? We said that he dips, and he comes out, and then he washes hands and feet. It did not mention that you wash your hands and feet before you dip. Why would it? During other, later on, dip, um, changing of clothes and dippings in the Avodah ceremony on Yom Kippur, usually, Mark... There's a, a washing of hands, and then a dipping, and then another washing of hands. In this first one, our mission sounds like it's a dipping, and then a washing of hands with no previous washing of hands. Okay. So we're saying... So usually you're saying there's, it's like a sandwich. Yeah, later, that's what we're doing. We're sandwiching the dipping in, the, in between two hand washings. Yes. Here, our mission does not say it. So Rapapa's claiming... That down Mishnah, which is saying that there's only one, there's no sandwich, it's an open sandwich, right? There's a, a dipping with only one ends. That's got to be against Rameer. Because Rameer would require a sandwich even for the first dipping. That's what, that's what, that's what the rabbis want to say in front of Rapapa. Okay? Why? D.E. Rameer, because had it been Rameer, since they say, that there's always two kiddushims. You should, you should do you should do two hand washings here too. Now understand that really Rameir and Rabbanan who are arguing are really arguing on when you do it. So for example, I'll, I'll explain to you. Rameir, who says there's two washings later, everyone agrees that there's two washings that there's a sandwich. The question is where you put the first one of the sandwiches. I'll explain to you. Let me listen, listen closely, I'll explain. Okay? So, the Chachamim hold that Kohen Gadol washes his hands and then, take off his clo- then takes off his clothes. And then goes to the Kveh, then washes his hands again. Okay? Remeir says that first you take off your clothes and then you wash your hands. Understand what, what happened? Yeah, yeah. We're talking about the middle ones. Okay, there's a machloket about the middle washings. Do you, for, do you in your clothes wash your hands, then take off, or do, or do you take off and then wash? Now we're assuming the rabbi who says take off and then wash, Rameir, is telling you that the washing is a preparation for the dipping, and if so, here with the first dipping, we also since you're doing a dipping, you need a preparation for the dipping. 
according to the Hahamim, who was saying that you do it in, in your clothes, in your clothes. so the washing of there is a preparation for taking off the clothes. And here, since I'm not taking off any special clothes, I'm taking off my street clothes, I don't need it. Uh, Did you follow that? Yeah. Ivan, you with me or no? Oh, no, you can't have you 50-50, Ivan. Listen what's going on. According to the Rabbanan, I, I can't look, I, I, I got it in my head, I don't need it. Okay? According to the Rabbanan, you take, you wash your hands every time before you take your clothes off. According to a mayor, you have to wash your hands after you take your clothes off, and then you go to the mikvah. You understand? Now, the assumption being, at this point, that the reason why you wash your hands According to Rabbanan, the why you wash your hands before you take off your clothes is it's a preparation for, for clothes removal. You need to wash your hands in preparation for clothes removal. Okay? For clothes removal of like a holy clothes? Correct. And therefore, right, hold on. And Ramirez says, that you first take off your clothes, and, and, and when you're without clothes, you wash your hands, and then you go to the mikvah. So the assumption being that a mayor must hold that whenever you're about to go to the mikvah, you need to wash your hands. And if so, when you have this first dipping of the day, being that you're mikvahizing, you should need to wash your hands beforehand. And the fact that our mission does not mention any washing of hands before the dipping, indicates that it's going like Rabbanan, who say that it's a clothes removal thing. And since it's a clothes removal thing, here we're not removing any real Kodesh clothes, we're just removing street clothes, so we don't need it. And therefore our Mishnah doesn't go like Rabbanan, it goes like Rabbanan. Are you with me? Correct. And therefore, our, therefore, it... In, in our Mishnah, in our Mishnah, we should need, we should need one according to Ramir. because since we are doing a dipping, it should need a washing. Right. So it doesn't sound like you wash. Correct. Okay. Says the Gemara. No, not necessarily. Amalu Rapapa. Rapapa doesn't like it. Papa says, not necessarily. You don't have to say that our mission is not like Reb Meir. Why? Both the Rabbanan and Reb Meir agree that, what, that it's a preparation for taking off clothes. And therefore, you shouldn't need the first one. No one's saying it's preparation for dipping. It's preparation for taking off clothes. Vichad and one is for putting on the clothes. According to both of them, when you take off clothes or put on clothes, you're supposed to do it. So then, if so, why are they arguing whether you? Why are they arguing when you do it before in the clothes? They argue about a different pasuk. Pasuk is as follows: The pasuk says, "Upashat v'lahats v'labash." He takes off, he washes, and he dresses. Remer savar makish levisha. We have hekesh between removal of clothes. And dressing of clothes. Ma'alevisha, just like take, dressing clothes. Lo, first you dress, and then you put on, then you wash your hands. 
Afishita, so too when you take off clothes, push it, first take off clothes, and then wash your hands. So since we have a hekesh, whatever you do by putting on clothes, when you put on clothes, you first put on clothes, then you wash your hands. So too when you take off clothes, first take off the clothes, and then wash your hands. That's where mayors look at things. Rabbanan said, Rabbanan hold, no. Yeah, we, we are making the same hekesh. Makish, pishita, levisha, we are connecting removal of clothes to putting on clothes. And we're saying, ma levisha, kishulovesh, mekadesh, just like when you put on clothes, you wash your hands with clothes on, not with not undressed. Afisha zotu when you take off clothes, kishulovesh mikadesh. When he's dressed, he put washes hands. So they, everyone agrees that we have to connect clothes off to clothes on. There's a connection. Taking off clothes is connected to clothes putting on clothes. One says, "Well, look at the putting on clothes. Putting on clothes." When you wash, when you're washing your hands, you have clothes on. Therefore, take your clothes when you wash your hands. Have your clothes on when you do it. That's the Rabbanan looking. And Ramir says, "Well, look at the order. The order is first put on the clothes, then wash. So take your off also. First take off, then wash without clothes. Each one looking at the same thing and coming up with different things. And that's the Machlokas. But don't tell me that either one is saying it's reparation for dipping, and therefore both rabbis can agree with our Mishnah and say that you don't need one for the first one because it's all, it's all a closed thing. It's nothing, it's nothing to do with mikvahs. So then why don't they both use... rabbis are agreeing that it's a closed thing. Oh, so this, I mean, well, because it's street clothes, so that's been a hundred. Correct. Oh. And therefore, since it's street clothes, you don't need it. Okay. Are you with us, guys? Unbelievable. Let's go. Amalu Rabbanan the Rapapa. So Rabbanan listen. What you're saying is very nice. And it fits very smooth into what we said. But guess what? I got a brighter that says straight up against you. So it's cool. It's nice. It fits like a glove. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. But it happens to be wrong. Why? Could you say something like this? Vatanya, we went to the brighter. If they spread a linen sheet between him and the people, Pashat, he takes off his clothes, Viarad, and he goes down, Vitaval, and he dips. Alai comes up, and he dries off. They bring him his golden clothes, and he puts them on. And he wash, and he, he's Mekadesh, his hands and feet. Okay? Remer, Omer. Pashat, Vikidesh, he takes off his clothes, Vikidesh, and he washes his hands, Viraglav, Viraglav, he goes to dip, So you see Remer straight, straight saying that Remer held that there was two dippings even on the first one. So what are you going to say to that? There's a half clothes, no? Even though it's the first one of the day, and uh, you're taking off clothes, so you see Remer is doing it as a preparation for water, and not as uh, uh, taking off clothes things. Amr Lahu, Surah Papa says, listen, I never heard that brighter. And Itanina, Itanya, Tanya. If you have a brighter, you have a brighter. What am I going to say? You're right. Obviously, Ramea must, must say like that. I can't argue on the brighter. Okay. We're going to stop over here at the words Bishlam and Abimir on the bottom line of Laman Alpha Amud Bet. Baruch Adonai Leolam. Amen. Amen.